And we are back. What's going on, everybody? This is Ray Rout. Welcome to Ray Sports Rant. Ray Sports Rant is a part of the Dean Blundell Network over at DeanBlundell.com. Welcome to episode 11. I've got a lot to talk about today. The Toronto Blue Jays honored their 1992 World Series team on Saturday. So I'm going to ask, what is your greatest Toronto Blue Jays moment? Tom Brady was ranked number one on the NFL top 100 players list. Did Tom Brady deserve to be ranked number one? ESPN had a conversation on Sunday night, believing that Utah Jazz shooting guard Donovan Mitchell would be a good fit for the Toronto Raptors. So I'm asking, should the Raptors go all out for a Mitchell trade? Over the weekend, current Calgary Flame, former Stanley Cup champions, or former, formerly with the Stanley Cup champions, Colorado Avalanche, Nazem Kadri, he brought the Stanley Cup to a London Muslim mosque. And I want to talk about how significant of an impact that has on hockey, not just the NHL. And Ichiro Suzuki was inducted into the Mariners Hall of Fame over the weekend. Should Ichiro be in the GOAT conversation? I'll be answering all that. I hope that you answer along too. Send me, uh, send me a tweet at DPN underscore Ray. You can DM me. You can tweet right at me. Let me know what you think about each and every subject that I talk about tonight. Check out my YouTube page, Ray Sports Rants. You can also check out the Who's Got Next podcast. That I do that every Wednesday night, and I post some videos on there as well. All right, so I got an update uh, for the update from last night. I listened to yesterday's podcast, episode 10, where I kind of just recorded it throughout the day with different mics and headphones and yada, yada, yada. And I hated it. I hated the sound. I hated the way it all changed around. So I'm not going to be doing that going forward. I'm just going to record it uh, at night, all by my lonesome, subject by subject. And uh, I think it'll work out just fine. Anyways, uh, there's nobody sponsoring this episode. If anybody wants to sponsor it and you, uh, you know, own a company and you want to buy some ad space, hit me up. Ray at dpnsports.com. And uh, check out my website, rayroute.com. You can get the latest, you know, all the uh, newest podcast episodes and all that kind of fun stuff. Find me on dmodel.com as well. Uh, I think that's about it uh, for this intro. So uh, let's get this show started. So let's talk about it. What is the greatest Toronto Blue Jays moment? And anytime you get into these lists of like, what's the greatest moment? I think that it's all subjective. And here's why. If you're younger than 29 years old, you weren't even born when Joe Carter hit that home run to left field and Tom Cheek yelled, touch them all, Joe, you'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. So if you're like 25 years old, 26, 27, 28, you've been following the Blue Jays your whole life. Yeah, you know the Joe Carter story. Everybody knows about it. But does it really impact you? Because like I think about... Team Canada hockey moments, right? For some people, Paul Henderson's goal against the Soviets. That was it. It means nothing to me. My dad always likes to talk about Gretzky to Lemieux in the Canada Cup. My greatest hockey Canada moment was the golden goal of Sidney Crosby in Vancouver. It's all subjective. I grew up in the uh, Jose Batista bat flip era, right? Edwin Encarnacion walk off against the Baltimore Orioles, taking that parrot for a ride to win the, uh, the wild card game. The very next series against the Texas Rangers, a rematch from the year before. Josh Donaldson sliding into home plate on an error, on a wide-thrown ball. But like from a personal level, none of those moments are the ones that stick out in my head the most. The one that sticks out the most for me came April 13, 2007, a game that meant nothing in the standings. 
The Toronto Blue Jays didn't make the playoffs. But I got to witness something so special that it's never left my mind. It's just a memory that's ingrained in there. It was a Friday night. Blue Jays were taking on the Detroit Tigers. Roy Halladay on the mound. He pitches 10 innings, one run baseball. Alex Rio hits a home run in the bottom of the 10th inning. The Blue Jays win the game. And the moment I remember the most is Halliday walking out to the mound at the top of the 10th inning. And me, me and the guy I was with just going absolutely ballistic because Halliday was coming out to pitch the 10th. Uh, I wrote this in my blog over at DeanBlundell.com today, but my three favorite professional athletes of all time are Tom Brady, Patrick Waugh, and Roy Holiday. So to be able to watch Holiday in his one of his greatest moments, 10 innings, complete game, one run, it just, when he passed away, I kept thinking about that game over and over and over again. Because it was just, to me, it was to be able to see that happen. And I saw Roy Halladay pitch like a dozen times at Rogers Center. So it's not like it was my first time seeing Halladay pitch or my last time seeing Halladay pitch. It was just to see him dominate on the mound the way we knew he could. I saw a stat today. He still has the MLB, like he's the longest running streak for the most complete game since 1998. He hasn't pitched, I think, since 2009. You know, something like that. No, it was later than that. Maybe 2012 or 13, whatever it was. He was just a genius. So, yeah, I mean, I remember the Jose Batista bad flip. It was ingrained, but that's the moment that sticks out to me. It's that sentimental moment. It's the one that I'll never forget. Hit me up on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. What's your favorite Toronto Blue Jays moment? Brady was selected by his peers in the NFL top 100 players countdown as the number one ranked player in the National Football League's heads exploded on Twitter last night. And I'm going to ask the question, did Tom Brady deserve to be ranked number one on the NFL's top 100 player list? Now, first of all, I'm going to say this. It's voted on by players and executives. So for all you butthurt Buffalo Bills fans out there, bitter Miami Dolphins fans, basically anybody who's not a fan of the New England Patriots or the now Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, if NFL players who play Tom Brady day in and day out think that he's the best, who might argue? But if I were to make an argument, if you were to say, Ray, you have to answer this question, Tom Brady had a beast of a year last year, like over 5,000 yards, 44 touchdowns, something of that nature, had a 102 quarterback rating. I saw some ridiculous comment today, like, well, when you throw the ball as much as he does, well, no, that doesn't do anything to the quarterback right now. You still got to complete the football. Tom Brady had a beast of a year. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers was the MVP last year. I called Aaron Rodgers being the MVP, and I didn't get mad at Aaron Rodgers being the MVP. He had a great year. But there was a lot of people out there that believed Aaron Rodgers, or sorry, Tom Brady, who should have been the MVP of the National Football League. I can't argue with that either. He had the stats. So the whole, how does he get, you know, how is he voted ahead of the current MVP? That argument doesn't fly because of the amount of people who believe Tom Brady deserved it. And if Tom Brady would have won the MVP and not Aaron Rodgers, I wouldn't have argued that either. Tom Brady also plays clutch. He played clutch against the Rams when they got knocked out of the playoffs, coming all the way back. That great historic comeback by Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers chokes in the playoffs. Maybe the players take that into consideration. 
Dude, like Aaron, Tom Brady was 44 years old last year and was still dominating the National Football League. And listen, for people who don't know who I am, they're like, oh, this guy must be a Patriots fan or a Bucks fan or he's a Tom Brady fanboy. Ask anybody who's been watching me for a long time. I have been bitter as hell about Brady leaving the Patriots and going to Tampa Bay. I wished nothing but bad things on Tom Brady. People go, your butt hurt. Yeah, I was. I wasn't happy at all. I was miserable about it. I'm still miserable about it. Does that mean I'm going to deny how good he was last season? Does that mean I'm not going to acknowledge that he's the best player in the NFL? No. And for you Bills fans that are going to come at me, I flipped out yesterday when Josh Allen was voted at number 13. He's definitely a top 10 player. Not the best in the NFL, but definitely a top 10 player. Rams fans are screaming about Aaron Donald. I, I Listen, I have stirred the pot and said that I think Aaron Donald's the GOAT of defensive players. But we all know that the NFL is a quarterback league. The NFL is the only league in the world where the quarter, where one position makes that significant of a difference. Rams fans, you wouldn't have won the Super Bowl if Jared Goff was still your quarterback. That's answer enough. So did Tom Brady deserve to be ranked number one? I think he did. The players have spoken. You got to deal with it. Offseason is always pretty wild, right? And it was pretty wild this year with all the trade speculation, with all the different players, the Kevin Durant story, obviously being the one that dominated the headlines. But I saw something interesting on ESPN last night, and they said that they believed that uh, Utah Jazz's shooting guard, Donovan Mitchell, who's been on the trading block all year, would be a good fit for the Toronto Raptors. So that's the question. Should the Toronto Raptors consider going all in on a trade for Donovan Mitchell? I wasn't prepared for the Raptors to go all in on a trade for Kevin Durant. Now, probably for different reasons than Donovan Mitchell, but so the simple answer is no. If you don't want to listen any further, no is my answer. I don't believe that the the, the Raptors should sell out for Mitchell. Now, I'm, it's not a slag on Mitchell from what he can contribute to this Raptors offense. I mean, let's face it. I think the Raptors were like 20th overall in team points. Mitchell... Uh, I think I saw today average 25 points a game last year. So, I mean, obviously he would elevate this Raptors offense and maybe that's what the Raptors need right now. However, what Nick Nurse has done with the players that he has is he's built one of the strongest defensive teams in the NBA. It brought them all the way to the playoffs. And I think what we expect is Scotty Barnes to get a little bit better, get a little bit more continuity with Pascal Siakam and you know, Fred Van Vliet and all the boys and put up more points. And maybe all the boys will put up more points and their scoring improves. So the team could be better this year. One thing Donovan Mitchell doesn't do well is play defense. His defense is probably rated bad to terrible. So I don't see the fit on the Raptors when you can't contribute defensively to a team that's built around their defense. Old school NFL, if you will. Actually be old school NBA too, right? where a great defense can win you a championship. It's the same thing. It's, it's what they're trying to do now. And Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell would become a liability and Nick nurse wouldn't be able to run what he wanted to run defensively. I also think the Raptors got a great core in, in Freddie and in Barnes and Siakam and, you know, get OG into the mix. I know Ananobi wants a little bit more of a, a role on the team, but you can get him mixed in. You got guys coming off the bench. I think there's a lot of good things that the Raptors can do with what they have. They can keep all their draft picks. They can hit up free agency next season. I think that this Raptor team's in a position to build, to be competitive for a long time. Uh, 
I was kind of okay with the whole Kawhi Leonard thing because they won a championship. If Kawhi would have came in, not won a championship, and would have left, I would have been furious because now you don't have Kawhi Leonard and you, you lost a guy who absolutely loved Toronto and DeMar DeRozan. But the Raptors won a championship. I don't think Donovan Mitchell comes in. I mean, I think we know. Donovan Mitchell doesn't come into Toronto and give the Raptors what Kawhi Leonard gave the Raptors when they won the, the finals, was it like three, four years ago? So I don't think they should go all in. I've already got into why I didn't think they should go all in for, for Durant, for anybody who missed it. I think that's episode nine. But I basically said you can't go all in for Durant because you don't even know if he's going to want to be on the team next year. So you don't want to give up the farm for one year, Kevin Durant. You know, He's proven that he's never happy. But you know what? I'm going to say basketball is probably my weakest sport from a knowledge standpoint. So if you think I'm wrong, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. Tell me if you think the Raptors should go all out for Donovan Mitchell. Uh, one of my favorite stories over the weekend was Nazem Kadri bringing the Stanley Cup to a mosque in London. Uh, and it was my favorite story for a whole lot of reasons. Number one, it was the mosque closest to uh, where that awful attack happened. Uh, I think it was last summer where a family of four was run down and killed um, in a hate crime. And so I thought, you know, the symbolism there was was really fantastic. Uh, but what I want to ask is, is how significant to the history of hockey was it when Nazem Kadri brought the Stanley cup to the, to a mosque. And originally I was going to ask the, you know, the history of the NHL, but I think it's hockey in general because hockey's Canada, let's say for instance, right now is they're they're They've got a scandal going on. They've got that whole sexual assault case thing and not thing, right? They basically were paying off victims uh, uh, as their players were sexually assaulting other players. And that's gotten to us a lot of conversation about the culture of hockey, especially in Canada. Right, the boys will be boys mentality, the things that are said in the dressing room. And I've sat in hockey dressing rooms. I've sat in football rooms, I've sat in soccer rooms, sat in volleyball rooms, I've sat in different sports locker rooms. I've never heard more sexism and racism in my life than coming out of a hockey room. And I think that there's a lot of people in this country who play hockey, who aren't Caucasian, who feel different when they play the game. And I think that Nazem Kadri, what he did was, is, is he led, he showed he being a role model, leading by example, a kid who's maybe a little bit different in culture than the rest of the guys he's playing with. However, young Muslim kids everywhere can look up to him. It can also open the eyes of white Christian hockey fans to understand that there's you know, different types of people in this world that can participate in the game of hockey because the game of hockey is not exclusive to Caucasian Christians. Hockey is a sport that's supposed to include everybody. Now, Hockey Canada has done a fantastic job raising prices and pushing people out of the game. But I think Nazem Kadri bringing the cup to a mosque, showing the pride of his beliefs the pride of his heritage, the pride of, of the way he grew up is important for people to see. I think it was important for the game of hockey. I walked away from the game of hockey about 10 years ago. I was just sick of the hockey culture. I was sick of my teams down. I'm going to go fight. I was sick of, of the things you heard. I stopped playing. I stopped watching. I stopped everything. Nazem Kadri doing what he did encourages me to pay attention to the Calgary Flames a little bit more this year. 
to follow Kadri a little bit more. I know he's a former Toronto Maple Leaf and people have their feelings about him. I know Leaf fans that, that still love him and we're just thrilled for him when he won the cup. But I thought we had a saw a significant moment, moment this weekend. And what I do is I hope it continues to break down the walls of hockey in this country and that Canada becomes more inclusive in the game because we need to stop pretending that we're this inclusive culture because we're not. Not as a whole. There's probably, there's really good people out there. I think I'm a good person. But when you add in all the nincompoops, yeah. Hockey has not been a sport that's been friendly to people who aren't Caucasian. And I hope that this broke it down. What did you guys, I want to know what you guys think. Was this significant to hockey? Let me know. Tweet at me at DPN underscore Ray. The last thing I want to talk about here is uh, Ichiro Suzuki, also known as just Ichiro. Uh, The Seattle Mariners inducted him into their Hall of Fame this weekend. Well-deserved. Uh, also deserves having a bus get the, the, I guess not a bus, but deserves the plaque at the Baseball Hall of Fame. And I want to ask, should Ichiro be in the GOAT conversation of baseball? I think he should. And I'm not even going to pull stats out. Because I think when you start talking about how good somebody was, it, it's all eye test to me. And stats can be manipulated. I hate when people pull stats into an argument. It happens all the time to me. Mario, my one of my podcast partners from Who's Got Next, he pulls the whole, oh, well, this stat says this, and this stat says that. I hate stats. Let's talk about the eye test. You know what the eye test tells me? Ichiro knew how to come through in the clutch. Ichiro knew how to play defense. Ichiro knew how to hit the ball the other way. He knew how to steal bases. He knew how to play defense. He can do absolutely phenomenal things. Ichiro Suzuki should absolutely be in the in the conversation for greatest of all time. And again, the GOAT conversation in any sport is always going to be subjective. Uh, if you ask me who I thought the GOAT was, I'm probably going to say Ken Griffey Jr. Um, uh, or maybe say like he could have been the GOAT, but because, you know, and I think still, I was going to say because of injuries, but maybe if he played his whole career, it'd be solidified. I don't know. He's such a great player, but Ichiro's going to be in that conversation as well. And I think that he deserves to be in it. I think when I think about guys who I feared when they came up to the dish, Ichiro's one of the guys, even when he got old and went to the Yankees, he was still a threat to hit the ball. I think one of the greatest things I seen Ichiro do was on defense. Uh, a guy hit a ball to deep right field and Ichiro sold it to the base runners as if it was a home run. And then he played it off the wall and he held everybody. Nobody scored on the play. There was men at first and second. If he would have played it like it was going to hit the wall, they, no one would have tagged up, but everybody was waiting to tag up. He played it like a home run. And I, I, I just thought it was, it was so fantastic. So good. Held everybody up because everybody was trotting and he had to do it. And I thought it was such a great play. And he almost got somebody out and he just did things like that. Completely deked him out. Or maybe, sorry, no, I think he played it like he was going to catch it. Sorry, he not like he was going to hit home run. I don't know what I'm talking about. He played it like he was going to catch it. So everybody was waiting to tag up and then it banged off the wall. He just, he fooled everybody. He, I don't know if anybody saw the video a couple weeks ago of him just like putting on a show, like doing like his own little skills competition. It, it was so great to watch. Uh, I loved watching Ichiro play baseball. He's a guy I'm disappointed that he no longer plays baseball. Uh, he's not, a, you know, sometimes guys, and I think Mike Trout may be in this this box a little bit right now. Chris Bryant definitely was there. Bryce Harper. Um, guys whose legends are bigger than than their performances. 
um, as good as Mike Trout is, don't let me don't let me take it away. But I think their legend is bigger than their performances. Uh, Ichiro wasn't. I- I've seen Ichiro play live, and watching him live was an absolute privilege. Uh, and if you love baseball and you're a baseball purist, and you want to tell me that Ichiro Suzuki is is the greatest of all time, man, I will have that conversation. He deserves to be in the conversation. And uh, that is all she wrote for Ray's Sports Rant tonight, episode eleven in the books. Uh, appreciate everybody who tuned in. I can't wait till I'm talking about episode 100 and 200 and episode 1000, but for now, episode 11 in the books. Uh, hope y'all had a good time tonight. Hope that you enjoyed my, my rants for each subject. Uh, again, uh, hit me up at, at DPN underscore Ray. If you agree with me, disagree with me, or if you got a subject that you want me to hear, I've already got a subject for tomorrow. I'm going to talk about why do people hate great athletes? And I'm thinking specifically of like Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, uh, guys who just get hated on for being good. We'll talk a little bit about that tomorrow. Uh, that's all I got for tomorrow right now. So, uh, I'll have a full show at some point. Don't forget, download the raise raise sports ramp podcast daily and stay up to date with everything going on in the sports world. Don't forget guys, every news outlet on the planet covers the important stories but what stories have sports fans talking that's what we cover here on Ray's sports rant this isn't about the headlines it's about the fans i don't pretend to be some main street media reporter i'm just a sports fan like the rest of you giving my opinion and wanting your opinion back i'm gonna irritate people i'm gonna piss people off i'm gonna make them smile i'm gonna make them happy I just happen to have a platform, and I appreciate everybody who watches this. We are a part of the Dean Blundell Network at DeanBlundell.com. You can also check out my website, RayRoute.com. I've given you my socials already. Check out my YouTube page, Ray Sports Rant, or the Who's Got Next podcast. You can watch the live recordings on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, that's about it, guys. Hope, uh, hope you all have a good day, and don't forget, you're all legit. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.